Let's open our Bibles to the book of Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9. We started looking at it last uh, Sunday in continuation of the topic, how did you receive Jesus? How did you receive Jesus? And we started looking at some things uh, relating to that uh, particular passage. How did you receive Jesus? Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And when we are looking at this topic, I mean looking at this verse, we said, what does it mean? It means in Christ Jesus, there is all of God in a human body. There is all of God in a human body. All the fullness of deity dwells in Christ Jesus in a bodily form. Those are different translations of, of the scripture. For that particular passage, Colossians chapter 2 verse 9. So, everything that God can be to you and to me, he has been in Christ. He was in Christ and he is in Christ. Because the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. How can that be yours? How can it be mine? We went a step further by saying the Bible says Christ in you, the hope of glory. So all that God can be, all that God is, all that God has promised is fulfilled in Christ. Is in Christ Jesus. When Christ is now in you, then all that is in Christ Jesus is in you. And that's why the Bible says, my people perish. For what? For lack of knowledge. My people perish because we don't know what we have. Because we don't know who we are. Because we don't know the authority that is in us. In him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Bodily. And we went a step further last week by saying, that means he's our provider. Because God is a Jehovah Jireh. And the nature of God that provides is part of all the fullness that dwells in Christ. This same Christ that is in you and in me. And that means God is in us to provide for us. We looked at the, uh, we, we, we discussed briefly how he provided for Abraham the sacrifice in place of Isaac. But he didn't stop there. In the book of uh, uh, Kings, we are told that uh, the source of the prophets, in terms of Elisha, the bread that was brought by that man from Balsalisha, that bread was multiplied and was sufficient for all the servants of, and all the sons of the prophets. But he didn't stop there. We know the time, in the times of Christ, he fed 5,000, he fed 4,000, with just a few loaves of bread and fishes. To show that what he provided for Abraham, he provided for Elisha and the sons of the prophets, he provided for the multitude. He can provide for you. For in him dwelleth 
all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And today we want to look at another attribute that is in that, uh, in him, that is in Christ, as the Son of God, as the living Lord of Lords. And that is the fact that he is the Lord that healeth. We all know Exodus chapter 15 verse 26 very well. Exodus 15 26. It says, if thou will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of his diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that does what? That he let thee. Now, if you look at this passage very well, the passage says there are some conditions that must be fulfilled. If God will be revealed to you as the Lord that he let, he let means it is what? Continuous. Continuously healing. In other words, you need not be sick. You need not fall sick. You need not test of coronavirus or anything. If you fulfill some conditions according to this passage. You diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. You listen to the voice of the Lord your God. You do that which is right in his sight. Very important. Do that which is right, not in the sight of pastor. Not in the sight of your husband or your wife. But in whose sight? In God's sight. Because if you do that which is right in God's sight, the pastor will be pleased. Your husband or your wife will be pleased. Your children will be pleased. There is no way you can do that which is right in God's sight and go against his counsel for you before man. That's why the Bible says, when a man's ways pleases the Lord, he does what? He maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Then he goes on to say, if you will give ear to his commandments, don't block your ears to his commandments. Don't pretend not to know what you know. Don't pretend as if you have not heard what he has spoken. And then he says, keep all his statutes. Keep how many? All. That's why uh, Brother James said, if you keep nine out of ten, he said you have failed in all. Ninety percent is a good mark in any human examination. But ninety percent is not good enough before God. Because his injunction to us is what? Be ye what? Be ye therefore perfect. 90% is not perfect. Perfection is 100%. And that's why the Bible goes on to say that it's not by power, it's not by mind. But by what? By my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. By yourself, you cannot do it. By yourself, it's impossible. But by the God of grace, not only will you do it, you will exceed expectation in Jesus' name. Not only will you do it, he will be able to look at you and say, that is my son. That is my daughter. He said, keep all the statutes. He said, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. So these, those diseases are for the Egyptians. They are not for you. God always puts a demarcation between his own children and the children of the world. 
And that is why the Bible always tells us, do what? Fear not. Fear not. Do not fear their fear. Let not their demons be your portion. Live a life conscious of God. A God-conscious life. A life that knows, that knows that you are in the world. But what? But not of the world. A life that realizes that you are different. You are different. A life that does not conform. The Bible says, be not conformed. But be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Allowing the word of God to take root in you. There are things in this world that are meant for the Egyptians. But you are not the Egyptians. You are part of the Israel of God. You are the sons of the living God. And he said, for I am the Lord that he let thee. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. This refers to physical healing. This refers to spiritual healing. In Numbers 21, verses 5 to 9. Numbers 21, verses 5 to 9. Numbers 21, verses 5 to 9. The Bible says, And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Wherefore have ye brought us up out of Egypt to die in this wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loathed this light bread. At some points they were saying we have nothing. Now they have something and they call it light bread. And their soul loathes it. That is the nature of human beings. We are never satisfied. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Wherefore are you brought us up? Can you, can you go to the next verse please? And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. And they beat the people. And much people of Israel died. Verse 7. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. We have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fairy serpent. Set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is beaten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. Verse 9. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had beaten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. This was a classic demonstration of the ability of God to do the impossible. The ability of God to heal what was in the brazen serpent that when the venom of the snake was operating the life of any individual, all that the person had to do was just look at the serpent and the person would be healed. There was nothing in that serpent that could heal the sickness. But it was a demonstration of the power of God. It was a preparation of what was to come. That was why when Christ came, he also was hung upon a tree. He was crucified upon a tree. That as the children of Israel that was beaten by that serpent looked upon the, I mean, the, the brazen serpent on the cross, you and I can look upon Jesus hung on a tree for our healing, 
for our salvation, for our lifting up. It was a demonstration of the power of God. Oh, brethren, don't ever forget that the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Yesterday, today, and forevermore. He, Christ was hung on a tree that that work, I mean, the, the, the work of God, the nature of God, his name Jehovah Rapha, the Lord and healeth, might be yours and mine. Because what? Christ in you, Christ in me, the hope of glory. In the book of Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10, Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10, Zechariah 12 10, says, And I will pour upon the house of David, and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and, and of supplication. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. They shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son. And shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. We know whom, him whom they have pressed. To get a clear understanding of that particular passage, let's go to John chapter 19. John chapter 19 from verse 32 to verse 37. John 19 verse 32 to verse 37. They shall look upon him whom they have pierced. Because there shall be an abundance of the spirit of grace and the spirit of supplication. John chapter 19, from verse 32. Then came the soldiers and broke the legs of the first and of the other which was crucified with Jesus. Verse 33. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they broke not his legs. But one of the soldiers, with a spear, pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. And he that saw it be a record, and his record is true, and he knew that he said, that he said true, that ye might believe, verse 36, for these things were done, that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken, and verse 37. And again, another scripture, which is one we read previously in Zechariah, they shall look upon him whom they pierced. He was pierced on the, on the cross. Blood and water gushed out. The blood was there for our healing. For your healing, for my healing. Look on him today. When you look on him, you are fulfilling the scriptures. And as you look on him, you will be healed. Receive your healing in Jesus' name. I say receive your healing in Jesus' name. Isaiah told us what will happen. What will come to pass. In Isaiah chapter 53, verses 3 to 5. Isaiah 53, verses 3 to 5. said, he is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. So Isaiah told us what would happen. He was talking of the future. But Peter told us what has happened. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. 
First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Peter told us what has happened. Say, so who is himself bear our sins in his own body on the tree? That we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. By whose stripes? What happened? Ye were healed. Isaiah said, we are healed. Peter said, you were healed. Your healing was perfected on the cross. The foundation for us to understand what will happen was laid in the passage we read in the book of Numbers. There was nothing in the, brazen, in, in the serpent or the brass on which it was, it was hung. But the power of God began to move to teach a lesson for the future. Or do I say a lesson for the now? And brethren, all we need to do is take hold. Just look on him. Look on Jesus. Look unto Jesus for what has been done. For what has been perfected. And that healing will be demonstrated. He has, he has not begun to fail. He does not fail. He does not fail. He cannot fail you. He will not fail you. I, I, can, I, I can assure you of one thing. For us as children of God, many of us have come across this uh, uh, virus thing face to face. But thank God for God. He has kept us. It's not because we have knowingly gone to the den of the virus. We've done all the long distance and social distance and short distance thing. We've done all of the distancing. But we have come in contact with this virus unknowingly. And we don't have it. Why? Because there is a blood that avails for us. There is a blood that never runs dry. There is a blood that works for us. It is the blood of Jesus. Because... God himself declared that I am the Lord that does all. That he let thee. And his healing nature is in Christ. That same Christ who is in you. The Christ who is in me. When Jesus came to the world, Matthew chapter 4 verse 23. Matthew chapter 4 verse 23. He came healing. And Jesus went about all Galilee. Teaching in their synagogues. That's number one. And preaching the gospel of the kingdom. That's number two. And healing all manner of sicknesses and all manner of diseases among the people. He was teaching. He was preaching. Then he began to heal. So he didn't just come healing. He was teaching. He was preaching. And brethren, many at times we are healed. We don't even know. That's why we must not neglect the presence of God. The presence of God is very important. I read a book about uh, 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 the, the woman of God called Catherine Kuhlman. All she did was, she was just teaching. But she was teaching about the Holy Spirit. She was just teaching. She didn't pray for healing or anything. Just teaching. And then a lady raised up her hand. I said, Ma, as you were preaching, as you were teaching, I was healed. Another person raised up her hand and said, me too. As we were teaching, I was what? I was healed. The teaching of the word brings healing. It's very important. The teaching of the word drives out demons. So that's why we were discussing last week and the week previous about instruction. How do you receive instruction? How do you take instruction? 
There's revealed instruction. There's acquired instruction. There's the instruction from, from the parent. There's the instruction of reproof. Whatever be the nature of the instruction, if it is not received, it is useless. It applies here to his teaching and his preaching. That's why the Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Receive the teaching. Receive the preaching. Receive the word. And you will be healed. In other words, having been taught, having received the word, the next thing to receive is what? Is your healing. Receive your healing in Jesus' name. From all manner of sickness and diseases, receive your healing in the name of Jesus. Jesus is still healing. And he's still willing to heal. He's still the Jehovah Rapha. He's still the Jehovah Rufeka. But now he is that Jehovah Rapha in you. In you. In Mark chapter 16 verse 20. Mark 16 verse 20. The Bible says, And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord walking with them. Confirming the word with signs following. Amen. So the Lord is here today. The Lord is in your home where you are listening to this message. The Lord is between your place of work where you are listening to this message. But, and he's ready to do something. He's ready to confirm his word with signs following. What sign do you need? What sign do you, you know, I, I, I read the story of a man of God. Uh, what's this man's name? <laughs> Who was bedridden at the age of 17. He had been given up for death quite a number of times, but he never died. Kenneth Hagin, that's right. And at the age of 17, when he began to read that, uh, Mark 11, 23 to 24, that says, whatever it is, you ask God, believe, believe, speak it out. He began to act on his faith. He believed he was healed. It's not that, it's not that the pain was gone. The pain was still there. But he began to say, I am healed. His leg was paralyzed. He, 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 he used his hands to carry the paralyzed leg from the bed and threw it on the floor because he wanted to stand up. Because he said, the word of God says, I am healed. So I am what? I am healed. That leg had no feeling. He threw it down. And then he held on to the, to the, to the bed post. And he stood up. And he began to feel pains in that leg. Real pains. What does that mean? The leg was previously paralyzed. Now the man was standing, and pain sensations were going through his body, onto those, that leg. God was at work. What happened? He said it was about 10 a.m. on that morning that the Lord told him that people who are healed, don't lie down on the bed at 10 a.m. in the morning. I said, oh, that's true. I'm healed. What am I doing here? And he took those steps of faith. And he never went back to that bed as a sick man. So, the Lord walking with them, confirming the world with signs following. You are healed in Jesus' name. I said you are healed in Jesus' name. But you must take a step of faith. You must get up from that sick bed. You must stop listening to your pain and begin to listen to the word of God. That says what? You are healed. Because God is still walking. Upon his word and confirming his word with signs following. The word has gone forth. 
And the Spirit of the Lord is with the world to confirm it today. But it depends on your obedience. Will you obey? Will you declare that I am healed and begin to put to practice? Begin to declare what the Word of God has said and not what you feel. Remember that song that we sing? I'm not moved by what I see. Hallelujah. I'm only moved by what? By the word of God. It's not what I feel. It's what the word of God says. That is what moves me. That is what will perfect your healing today. Today. You see men as trees? Stand upon the word of God. And you will see men clearly. You will see men the way they ought to be. He is still healing, is willing to heal. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 2 to 3, the Bible says, Behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou will, thou can make me clean. What was his response? Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. That man doubted. Does God want to do it or not? Like many of us are doubting. Does God want to heal me or not? And the Lord is saying, there's no doubt about it. I want to do what? I want to heal you. I want to heal you. The Lord is saying, there's no doubt about it. I am touching you. I am touching you that you may receive your healing. The Lord is saying, there's no doubt about it. I know what I desire for you today. I am the Jehovah Rapha. I am the Jehovah Rufeka. And as he's touching you, he's saying, I will be thou clean. He's the Jehovah Rapha. He's the Jehovah Rapha. In him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And Christ in you, Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's because he's in you, it's because he's in me, that we can come to him today and stand upon the promise of healing that he has given unto us. What is that situation this morning that is challenging the healing power of God in your life? Are you ready to give it unto him? Are you ready to listen to the word and not to the pain? Are you ready to confess the word this morning and declare what the Bible says? He still works with faith. He still works with faith. In Matthew chapter uh, 8, Matthew chapter 8, from verse 5, Matthew chapter 8 from verse 5, I'm going to be reading from verse 5 to verse 13 and we'll round up. Jesus, and when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him. And saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou should come under my roof. But speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth. And to another come, and he cometh. And to my servant do this, and he doeth it. 
When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. And I say unto you, that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into utter darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the self same hour. What made the difference, brethren? Jesus didn't have to go there. He just sent the word. Because this man had faith. And that's what we're running on today. He had what? He had faith. Do you believe? Do you have faith? Are you going to act upon that faith? Will you begin to stand and say, well, this is what a child of God that is healed should do. Will you uh, uh, act on the faith of the word of God? You are, are not, you are not being asked to act on experience or somebody's own testimony. You are being asked to act on what? The word. <laughs>